already. We're already on Butch Reed. Welcome, everyone, to the rest of the review. My name is John, and joining me now is Dylan God's Dead. Long live Mike Lords, the new Dylan. Yeah! <laughs> uh, he's very much fine. Oh, man, keep it kayfabe. Don't turn this into a shoot. Don't you remember the? Late I mean, 80s? you didn't watch the wrestling in the late nineties when they would. They were for like there was like a like a six month span where everyone was always saying Shh, like this is a shoot, brother. Like it was. But so there's a there's a whole internet cottage industry based on that. But also there's the he could die. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, you raise a good point. Then I guess we're accurate. Yay, Dylan's Yay, dead. Yeah, we did it. Oh. The police are going to talk to us because somehow we knew it was going to happen. Fat white bearded guys are interchangeable. Yes, just get me get me a guy with diminished eyesight and facial hair. Ho, ho, ho. Um, although Dylan does all the technical side usually for the rest of you, and I don't like that the, that falls on my shoulders, on my broken shoulders. I don't go for that at all. Um, this week... Mr. Mike Lawrence, rounding up um, this three weeks chunk of Mike's picks here on the Wrestler Review, we actually picked, as opposed to the first two, which is essentially we picked two non-wrestlers for a wrestling-based podcast. We picked a, a, ma- a, a man's brother and then a guy who had three matches and stole a bike. <laughs> um, this week, we actually talk about an actual human wrestling man. And it will not be as good as the other two. <laughs> no, it's not. It's much sadder. It's just a, it's a man who wanted to be a football player, and then he couldn't do that, and then he did drugs and got yelled at by Bill Watts, which could be any wrestler, really. But this week, it's a man who is the natural, the hacksaw. I don't think he had a nickname in Doom. Butch Reed, everybody. Butch Reed. Was it Doom did, 1 or Doom 2? <laughs> did they do that in Doom? No. Yeah, they, they did it when they had the mask. Oh, it was Doom 1 and Doom 2? Oh, yeah, the mm-hmm. weird... Yes. I mean, I want to get to that because it's an actually very interesting insight as to why they put them in the masks, which I thought was so smart. that The whole thing of them coming out of the masks was like was an intentional sort of actual booking decision and could be looked at as the o- Doom being the only booking success of the WCW booking committee of that time. But that is for the second half. The first half, we concentrate only on Butch Reed in the territories. Ladies and gentlemen, Butch Reed. What, tell me about Butch Reed, Mike Lawrence. What do you know about him? I know about he's a man from Missouri. He I know for- that uh, real name, Bruce. So Bruce Reed. They just changed it to Butch. And um, yeah, him and Hacksaw Jim Duggan fought over the Hacksaw name. And then they teamed up together. It's so fucking good. In Mid-South, yes, they fought over the hacksaw. He was a big part of Mid-South. Uh, essentially, what he was a Kansas City Chief, got injured, went into wrestling. He's Bill Watts' dream. He's a big, muscular, super charismatic black guy because Bill Watts is a terrible, tokenistic son of a bitch yeah. and knows that he's in Louisiana, so he has to put a black guy on top to appeal to black people but hates them because Bill Watts is a monster. Hacksaw yeah, Jim Duggan. It's like, I don't want to entertain them but i want them to have less money yeah. so i'll entertain them if it allows me to take their money yes exactly like you know oh it's so fucked up and then and then it's also weird is then that was pointed at a thing of like well so you can't be a racist because he employed one black guy at a time you're like what the fucking <laughs> and bill Watts is like i don't even need to be rich they just need to not be rich and the, the scariest thing bill Watts i ever heard is how can i be racist i'm a christian 
my savior is a Jew. And I was like, <laughs> that's your fucking evidence. Are you, f- I was saved by a Jew. Shut yeah, the that's fuck That's the only, up, that's the only connection between Jews and Christ. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, gross. I hate Bill Watts, but I like Butch Reed a lot, actually. Butch Reed, an amazing territory wrestler. A fucking great, good big man. Could do an amazing drop kick. Really fun to watch in the ring. His territory matches were really enjoyable. Um, and also, I see why Mid-South was so fucking popular, because we basically watched some of their TV, and it was five-minute just matches of a guy looking really good against a pudgy guy. It was really enjoyable. And I think that a prerequisite for territory wrestler. And I don't think this gets said enough. And Butch was really great at this. You have to look intimidating in street clothes. That's a very interesting point. Yeah. Cause Butch Reed would be fucking in. You would be concerned seeing that guy walking down the street. I'll tell you what, but yeah, it's like, like, cause a lot of the promos back then, you know, they're just like in a nice shirt. And, and he still is like bulging out of the shirt and looks amazing. He he kind of like he's he's got a Billy D. Williams esque like like yeah, the hair. He has a, it's a very specific. Yeah, he does. He does have a. He's the. Uh, he's a funky gangster. He's ba- like he looks like he's a bad guy in the movie Coffee. Like there's something about Butch Reed that is very seventies, like street hustler cool big hat like it's a very specific cool look that he has and he also is fucking he radiates fucking charm throughout this and his wwf run and by the way can i just say after two weeks of not talking about wrestler talking about non-wrestlers talking about a wrestler is great because it's just so much easier um because it's also like it adds something to his high impact moves if you actually look at his moveset it's not that impressive at this point but fuck me like even when he gets to the wwf where he's the natural, they bleach his uh, hair blonde. He's the first, he debuts with Slick. He's the first wrestler to bring Slick in, which is a, a fun fact no one acknowledges. And he's a fucking amazing, and he's such a different, he's a different style of black wrestler that the WWF has never really had, which is like, he seems fun. You know what I mean? No black wrestlers ever seem fun. They're either going to beat you up or they're from Africa if it's they're in Vince McMahon's <laughs> WWF. Yeah, and I mean, it's interesting, like, I guess let's talk about the territory days, like, I think it's it's so fascinating now, like, the modern wrestling fan, where we're so obsessed with work rate, and, and all of that stuff, and what the actual contents of a match are going to be, but what really mattered back then was, do I want to pay to see this guy wrestle? Yeah, and, you want to pay to see this guy fight, and Butch Reed is very much a, you saw that guy in the street. What's that guy do? That guy's a wrestler. You see, on Sunday he's going to beat up a guy in a match. <laughs> is he? Yeah, and it's interesting. Like I watched some of the matches, and, and none of his, you know, work rate or whatever it is, I, is so stupid. Like, is is that impressive? But but it's entertaining, and you buy that he's in. He's telling the stories that he's trying to tell. It's also a completely different style to the use of the idea of work rate. It's also like also why people like get rightly frustrated Jim Cornette when he tries and that wouldn't have worked in Mid South. Yeah, that we're doing two different things. It's why Jim like Jim Ross is right on the fundamentals. There shouldn't be as many fucking um, kickouts on moves. The, no, and the, the dive the dive is the worst thing ever, where everyone just waits around to catch a person. It is terrible, and he's right about that. Yeah, he is right about both of those things. Where they are wrong is is that a, a wrestler the style of Butch Reed wouldn't really work now. Like in that, it's just like 
He's wearing a tight shirt, and then later you'll see him punch someone. Like they'll be like, "That's not going to sell any tickets." Also, it, 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 oh, sorry, go on. I was just going to say, but it's one of those things where, like, in Louisiana or Tejas or Florida, they, this was a fucking shocking thing. Also, bear in mind where he is for all of those things. He is in fucking like do or die southern wrestling and being a charismatic tough black guy that's gonna draw some heat you're gonna sell some tickets because some crackers want to see that that gentleman get the shit kicked out of him what i was gonna say was that what a lot of like the old school like wrestling fundamental old skew there's no l in it skew uh wrestling fundamentalists like but they what they seem to forget or what they're not aware of which it's is the civil rights movement. Yes, you're right. <laughs> but the second thing is that it's mostly nerds like that. And not only, not only is it like most of the fans nerds, but they themselves are nerds. Like Jim Cornette yeah. is the biggest fucking nerd. Jim Ross is a nerd. And it's like, cause back then I get like, you wanted the athletic credentials and all that. And even though Jim Cornette and Jim Ross are upset that people aren't ashamed of being nerds anymore. Like you have to yeah. remember that they are like, Oh, I'm a, they became top ranked super important executives because they couldn't do a sit up. Like it's their hearts are still broken that they are no longer the top of the scrappy. Like it's so fucked up. Yeah. But it's like, you know, Butch, like, yeah, he was a college football player and he was an NFL washout, but just the fact that he even had legitimate sports credentials, like that was so important back then. But it's like, now it really is more like, yeah, are you on Twitch? Are you, you know, who did you vote for? Like, yeah, that's, the, that's the fan base. And what's it? The, 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 who do you vote for is such an interesting establishment thing because it's like, we just need to know. We won't actually care, but we're going to need to know if I'm supposed to feel bad about liking your podcast, Chris Jericho. Also, while we're on the subject, Chris Jericho needs to stop managing his own social media. Every third post is him and Tony Khan doing something. And Chris Jericho's social media posts have gone from like, here I am with a member of Kiss to like, you know, it was a big day when me and Tone sat down at a Ramada Inn to revolutionize the rev- wrestling business. Hashtag AEW. But that's what we're doing now because, you know, and you're just like, shut the fuck up, Chris. You had nothing to do with that. <laughs> I, I actually love Chris Jericho's uh, social media presence because it allows me to know which places uh, you don't have to wear a mask. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's a great point. Also, I love by the way that everyone was like, the Super Bowl is just for frontline workers. And then Chris Jericho's there, and you're like, and Chris Jericho, evidently. <laughs> the opposite of a frontline worker. But let me tell you who was on the front lines of the battle of racial tyranny in the South. Butch Reed, because he had to know Eddie Graham. He had to know Mike Graham, Eddie Graham, and Bill Watts. So he had some stuff hurled at him. But yeah, Butch Reed, amazing territory wrestler, big heel in the Florida territory, uh, had one of his biggest runs as one of the undercard guys in uh, Mid-South. Um, famously, who was it? He had a wreck on the way to a show where he and another wrestler hit each other with their cars. I know Butch Reed was one of them. I believe Hercules Hernandez was the other one, which is so <laughs> fun. Um, yeah, that's, that's fitting since all of Hercules matches are a car wreck. Hey! That's why we brought him on the show. Hope you brought set your ears for punned. Um, and then he, of course, heads to the WWF, which we already discussed briefly, or I discussed briefly in 1986, where he was the natural, um, which was supposedly a wink or a nod to the fact that he had unnatural blonde hair. And- oh, it's terrible. I, I, I think that it's important to know that this was, I think this was a misfire. Like, 
you know, this was a this was that time when they could pluck anybody and make them bigger and larger than life. And I don't think they did that with Butch. I think he was a he was a. I actually am surprised they didn't do more with him because he does his matches are really fun in the WWF, and it's also like he is a big enough established territory guy that they could use him in the ground war against the other territories. Like he was a big name in Louisiana and Florida, and yet for some reason. Um, they don't really position him in that same way. Like even the JYD who was the man in Louisiana was positioned to kind of be the man for a minute in New York. And they never do that with Butch Reed. Like it's a very odd thing. Well, and it's like his WWF legacy. It's like his nickname should be the expendable Butch Reed. He is historically the first person ever eliminated from a Royal Rumble. Not the interesting point you bring up. So yeah. he's the first person eliminated from the Royal Rumble. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I know that there was the, you know, the one that they did as a trial run, but the first televised Royal Rumble. Yeah, yeah we're he's not eliminated count. first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, he's eliminated first in the first, like, Survivor Series main event by Hogan. That was obviously Hogan's choice. And then he's eliminated in the first round of the WrestleMania Four tournament by the guy who ends up winning it. So it's like he... Yes, there's, oh, there's two ways to look at it. Go ahead, say your point, and then I'm going to make a counter to you. Um, I was going to say that, like, the compliment there is that in some ways, like, he he is completely disposable, but that he's memorable enough that he's even in that. Like, you buy him as, like, you buy him as the guy, as a guy that could be on Andre's team at Survivor Series, this but exactly you also buy right. him as the guy who gets eliminated first. Yeah, you... I think, and they could have built him up a little bit. They could have built him up. Like, I don't think he's ever going to, like, he could have been an opponent for Macho Man if they hadn't had him win or lose first round of the tournament. Like, and there clearly was plans for Butch Reed because Butch Reed was supposed to be the Intercontinental Champion. And then they put it on Honky Tonk Man because he didn't show up. Is that the plan? I don't, I don't buy that. I, I honestly, I've heard that story. And I've heard some people say it's true. I've heard some people debunk it. I mean, what doesn't make sense to me about it is the fact that the like the story is apparently Hogan was like, well, why don't you just give it to that guy? Like, well, one, Honky was already on the roster. It wasn't just that. It, and they make it sound like Honky was just backstage. Then, like, he goes on to have this, like, long-ass run. Was Butch going to have that long of a run? I don't know. We don't know. But what's also interesting is Butch Reed himself doesn't actually know of whether or not it's true. And that he has both said that, no, it is not true. Honky Tonk Man was already booked to win the Intercontinental title. So much so that he had no, not no-showed the event where that happened because you can see him celebrating with Honky Tonk when he wins the belt, although that was taped earlier. Or he later then said, yes, no, that is what happened. And it derailed his entire career because he was too tired from being burnt out and never being home. It's a fascinating thing of which one could it be. And I think that it's really important to to note that every shoot interview with Butch Reed, he is very much, please stop talking to me. Why are you talking to me? Yeah, Butch I Reed don't want to be talked to. pleased about his wrestling career. He's not happy that he did any of this weirdly. You could tell his dream was to be in the NFL. That didn't happen. And then Papa needed to make some scratch for a couple of years. And then he did successfully for like 15, but it's still like, yeah, this kind of begrudging. And and it is like WWF, like, I guess he is kind of an afterthought in the sense that like everything he did was done more memorably, like by somebody else. Like even like Slick, 
like the fact that you know slick represented him and this was an african-american represented by an african-american manager and i know that they wrestle an african-american in kogo beware at wrestlemania 3 and that's historical um but the fact that (laughs) what ends up happening is Slick ends up being remembered more for Akeem. Like that sucks. <laughs> that sucks. Well, an argument could be made that Akeem was and that created sucks for because, Slick. <laughs> yeah, that Akeem could be uh, argued that Akeem was created because Butch Reed left and Vince McMahon needed another black wrestler, but wasn't willing to hire an actual black person. It's just it's interesting, like the way that WWF worked back then. Like, <laughs> but I, and, I see, I see your point in hindsight, but you're also not acknowledging the fact that he also was put in a feud with Superstar Billy Graham, which seems weird. But Superstar was a huge impact on Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon loves Superstar Billy Graham, and this is before Superstar Billy Graham's steroid use made him just appear on television shows calling Vince McMahon a satanic pedophile. So, like, he, like Butch Reed is part of the angle that uh, puts um, that makes Superstar Billy Graham a manager and launches Don the Rock Morocco as a face like and then they get into a feud together over that whole thing like it's a it's a weird thing to sort of acknowledge but it's like it's not like they weren't using him for nothing and being totally disrespectful it's just that the feuds that Butch Reed were a part of as it turned out in hindsight weren't hugely impactful it's not to say that they weren't big moments at the time Coco Beware be- has become a punchline he was a very over lower card baby face like it is it is important that they had him face him at wrestlemania 3 was it the main event no but butch reed wasn't going to draw that house so butch reed goes third on the main card with coco well i was going to say that um the zeitgeist like is wwf rewrites their own history more than anybody else like and they're constantly oh, more than fucking germany has the <laughs> WWF rewritten and, and and so what i'm saying in terms of butch being an afterthought it's like, like you said that yeah this stuff was important at the time then it ends up not being important like there's no action figures of butch reed from the wwe elite series which has been out since 2010 there I mean, it's, it's shocking there isn't even a doom action figure set there is there is Paul Ellering with Rocco. There is not. <laughs> there are there there is both heel and face doink doinks, but there is not. I mean, the amount of like. How do you differentiate heel and face doink? The color of the trunks. Yeah, yeah. And so now but, you're going to tell me that there's a uh, there's a figure of Born Again, Matt Born in the dunk co- <laughs> costume from ECW. Yeah, it's it, the plastic was mixed with the ashes of Matt Bourne. Oh, <laughs> smells like cigarettes. <laughs> we didn't say that it were his ashes. We just said they were his ashes. Yeah, but if you say Matt Bourne, you know what I'm talking about. No, I know. Anything Matt Bourne touches turns to smelling like cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah. So he and he's not on video games. Like and and and. Like I even but, think, but like, again, I, I see your point, I was, and I can't believe I'm defending the racial record of the WWF. But I actually think it's just the fact that there's a shitload of wrestlers from the 1980s that are just not acknowledged, even though they were fucking great. Hercules is not acknowledged in the same way, and he was so fucking important to that company in some way. Tito Santana is essentially disrespected, and he was on every WrestleMania. For, he was on the first eight WrestleManias, and essentially made opponents for um, Hogan. Like it's one of those weird things. Of, but he's got an action figure. Shit. You damn right he's got an action figure and he still comes around every once in a while and he he's remembered in a way that some of those other guys aren't and and, and I do think it's just selective. I I think some of it is pettiness from Vince yeah, like I, don't I know listen what- to, we don't know what Butch Reed did to Vince, but it's probably one of those things where Vince, like maybe Butch sneezed one too many times in Vince. No, I, 
I I do take Pritchard's word, especially on like the older stuff, um, where he says that he's like, if you complain enough about being there, Vince will just let you go. And he's like, that's what happened with Butch. Butch wasn't happy. And he was like, I want to be somewhere else. And he's like, okay. Go there. Please yeah. feel free to fuck off. We'll bring in Bad News Brown and... <laughs> Yeah, we'll bring in Bad News Brown and turn a white guy black and welcome to Vince McMahon's WrestleMania. Because so, I, I, I mean, I do think that Vince is racist. Like, if I had to guess whether yes or no. But I also do think that in terms of booking the card, he did look at it as, like, variety. And we need this. We need that. We need this. And so... You're, you're not wrong in the point that you're making. And I actually do think that you elicited the the delicious BP, and I think that that does come down to it, is that Butch Reed had an attitude problem. It's also been implied that he had a bit of a drug problem. Is Jim Cornette and a few other people have gone, well, he had to go, he needed to go home because he needed to sort himself out in that way that wrestling old-timers talk about where it's like, listen, he was doing a bunch of booyah because he had Vince McMahon money, and then he decided to fuck off home and dry out. Yeah, I mean, it's a different time. Like, I, I watched an interview with him where he talked about, like, you know, he was, like, good friends with Buddy Landell, and oh shit! <laughs> and, the guy's uh, so fucked up. He forgot Rich Flair was a thing. Do you understand how fucked up Billy Landell is? That he forgot Rick Flair was a thing. Yeah, I know. In the thing that he was a thing in. Yeah, and uh, and so he's talking about how Buddy Landell just says the N word to him, and he like throws him in a fountain. Like he like punches him, knocks him in a fountain, and then like. Then they're friends again, and he was like, "How and that- crazy was your country that in the eighties a guy the, that's his friend too, just like, oh hey, how you doing? Beep. But the way that the way that Butch talks about it, he's like, he was acting drunk, he was getting <laughs> too drunk. I said, stop being drunk. He said that to me. I hit him, and he apologized. And <laughs> it's just such an interesting like so cultural, wonderful. yeah, oh, the culture of wrestling, the culture of the South, like." The bullshit yeah, that like he had to deal with and how he grew to like yeah, what a variety it. of nonsenses that entire story is in a weird way. Like it's just so like odd that it's like, yeah, like <laughs> Yeah, he's my friend, he got too drunk, he called me the worst slur you could call someone. I threw him in a fountain, we became friends again. Wrestling's fucked. And and the interview, like the matter of factness in which he he explains the story is just of a different time. That's a very good point. Yeah. That it's just the simple and unalienable truth that this is how friends talk to each other in Southern wrestling. Yeah. It's amazing. It's also, again, like I do go back. I do probably think it might be even more drugs than anything else than burnout because it's also like, Nah, I don't know. I just was about to point out the the JYD Butch Rude feud that would have gotten to Vince McMahon, but he wouldn't have fucking cared because there's no way he's putting that on top and like they'd have chemistry. No, never mind. Yeah, you're right. Vince McMahon is a racist. Wrestling is racist. All things are racist. Vince McMahon or Butch Rude was a victim of racism. And then guess what he did? What does he do after the WWF? Mike Lawrence. He goes to WCW. Yeah, it's the JCP. Resumes his feud with. Um, uh, the junkyard dog now is, of course, Mike calls him the junk food dog. And oh, do we love Dave Meltzer's jokes? Um, and it's a mixed bag of the return of this feud. This feud was fucking massive in Louisiana, but was sort of just kind of fine at this point. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, he's called Hacksaw Butch Reed again. Um, 
Uh, he's briefly managed by James J. Dillon, and then he is sold to the Yamazaki Corporation, which is the fucking weirdest never talked about thing is that the four horsemen were also weirdly uh, re- uh, briefly in the Yamazuki Corporation as well, so weird. which is the Jim Cornette. So at the end of JCP, beginning of Ted Turner, they did this angle that's so not like late 80s, early 90s, which is the Japanese are taking over all of our businesses. Yeah, someone watched Gung Ho on a plane. Yeah, someone watched the movie. Um, oh, shit. Gung Ho? It's not Gung Ho. It stars Wesley Snipes and Sean Connery. Rising, Rising Sun. Sun. They watch Rising <laughs> Sun. Uh, and they're like, we got to do that, but wrestling. And they do. Oh, boy, do they. Uh, in that Hiro Matsuda manages them for a little while, and the Force Horsemen are implied to have been taken over by the Japanese. And the xenophobia contained within is shocking. Um, this also doesn't work out very well for Butch Reed. Butch Reed does not enjoy this portion of being in the NWA. He's not seen to have much success. He loses to Sting at the Chi-Town Rumble, um, and uh, he flounders around the mid-card, all that sort of stuff. Then what happens is a plot is hatched between Kevin Sullivan, who's on the booking committee, Eddie Gilbert, who is on the booking committee, the Steiner brothers, who are the hot tag team, and... Uh, in that what they're going to do is Rick Steiner at this point, and this has been pointed out by former host of the show, now noted boo-boo head, Dylan Gott, that Rick Steiner was essentially the original Eugene. And to snap him out of the Eugene gimmick, this is, and this is, by the way, if I am exaggerating at all, Mike Lawrence, please correct me. No, I watched matches from this time period this week, and yeah, it's totally what he is. So he's the original Eugene. How they snap him out of that is a f- super fan to wrestling Robin Green has sex with him one time that makes him a smart confident adult and that turns her into a come hungry crazy Jezebel named woman and woman reappears with a tag team in masks known as Doom now here is the thing Doom is Ron Simmons and Butch Reed couple of things that are brilliant about this repackaging. First of all, this was an idea of the WCW booking committee. It got a job for Kevin Sullivan's wife, um, woman, which was apparently part of the plan. It gave the standards of uh, brothers an appointment, which they actually needed that were. Wait, wait, let, let, let's not, let's not applaud anything that got Nancy Sullivan into the wrestling business. <laughs> and this is how it was positioned and explained to me. Fair. That, <laughs> I don't, by the way, know where Missy Hyatt came into this whole thing, but it, like it was because it was apparently Eddie Gilbert's idea was this whole thing, and it was considered the great coup of the WCW booking committee. We have finally found it, ladies and gentlemen. If almost six years of the wrestler review of discussing wrestling on a weekly basis, hundreds of hours of content, we have finally found a successful decision made by the late 80s, early 90s WCW booking committee, the creation of Doom. They were put under mask, and this is such smart wrestling rejuvenation they are put under masks even though everyone knows it's butch reed and iran simmons because they were just there and they were put under masks with the intention of you would remove the masks because they were going to kick the shit out of a bunch of people and it could be explained that they weren't good separately but together they're super powerful so they're a really fucking good tag team and it's that brilliant wrestling logic where you went yeah that actually i that actually makes sense to me in my head i actually love that logic yeah, Doom is awesome. Doom is fucking amazing. I can't wait for the back half of this episode because we're now going to talk a shitload about Doom. Time for a break. On the other half, we're going to talk about Doom, also known as 
I think my new favorite tag team. Time for a break. Oh, Dylan, what a lovely break this is. We're uh, stopping the show to tell all of you that Dylan and I have had some shit happen in our lives. Dylan, go ahead. Mine's good. I'm a dad now. I'm going through a divorce, and also I broke my body. So how about you fucks head on over to Patreon and give Mummy and Daddy, I'm Mummy, he's Daddy, some sweet, sweet cash. You get to decide what episodes we're doing. You get to uh, uh, exclusive access to episodes never released anywhere else, and we will love you. And also... um, we're fine if you don't donate to Patreon, but like it'd be fucking sick if you did. If you can't donate to Patreon because you're that much of a poor piece of shit loser, just subscribe to us on whatever podcast app you're using. And most importantly, probably, even if you don't fucking subscribe, just rate, rate, review us, say, oh, this is good, because there's a lot of people who don't like how political we are for some reason. So rate, subscribe, review, suck, 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 bye, 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 enjoy hearing about whatever fucking carny is it. We're back, everybody. We're back. The year is 1990 Doom. The only wrestlers I care about are Doom. And RoboCop. Uh, and RoboCop. And, of course, RoboCop. So they did debut in the angle against the Steiner brothers. Um, <laughs> they do wrestle at the aptly named Capital Carnage. How prescient was that? They absolutely do. because they de- um, Or is it Capital Combat? I think yeah, but I don't think that they get to they they but they debut at Halloween Havoc and that woman appears, goes, I'm now gonna destroy the Steiner brothers, and she debuts um Doom. And I got news for you. Doom plays off of all of the stereotypes of evil hair horrible annoyance um of night of late eighties, early nineties Southern wrestling, in that it's literally she loves sex now, she's now friends with black people. Watch out. And Fuck me, do, do the fans not like Doom? And fuck me, are they a high-impact, amazing tag team? And and they have a guy named Nitron with them, who is Tyler Maine, who goes on to be Snarly Sabretooth in the, the 2000 X-Men movie. When um, is Nitron? Not, is Nitron after Woman? Nitron's with Woman. So Nitron's with Woman. When they're in the mask, yeah. Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Because it's, yeah, and they were announced as Doom 1 and Doom 2. Um... Although Jim Ross accidentally announces who uh, Butch Reed is at Future Shock because Butch Reed can't fucking catch a break. <laughs> and also, Jim Ross can't not mention a football statistic. So oh, it's of course. A- He's like, oh, let me tell you, that that's not Butch Reed, but if he was, he played for the Kansas City Chiefs. It was very good. Oklahoma Super They retired on Simmons jersey. Yeah, no, that means nothing, of course. Um. They then go on to have a match with Eddie Gilbert and Tommy Rich at the Clash of Champions, looking very fucking strong. This is, by the way, how you re-debut and repackage two wrestlers. You put them under a mask. You make them look different. You know who they are, but they're moving slightly differently. They're fucking great as a fucking team, and they are built perfectly to wrestle with the Steiner brothers, both because they're both high-impact wrestlers, also because Doom is really fucking intimidating and wouldn't be fucking cowed by the Steiner brothers like shitting in their bags or something like that. No, because not only have they like survived the awfulness of like wrestling and <laughs> high school football and college football, but also being black in the South. So these guys are like again weathered, tough, and no nonsense. And they're yeah, I mean, it, it's amazing that like there because there is no like African American tag team in WWF anywhere around this time. You yeah, know. so it'll be like, I hope you don't say now because then I'm gonna have to say the new day. But yeah, you're 100 percent right. Like the closest they come is in the attitude era. There's one black Dudley boy. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, so, like, having these guys in WCW, and what was interesting was that, like, you could tell that the, the audience did see them as heels at first, but they're just so cool that the audience kind of loves them. Yeah, I love them. They're so, like... It's also, there's something about just they're in black trunks with D's on their boots and they walk out and they're going to kick the fuck out of people. Yeah. And then they, um, I watched the match with them and the Road Warriors and it's, you're literally, it's just watching four action figures be smacked against each other. Well, that's the thing is they're so also 80s wrestlers. But the thing is, is that Butch Reed and Ron Simmons both actually can wrestle in a weird way. Like, yeah. Like for how big they are, they're fucking really good. But uh, they really complement each other in the sense that Butch looks the biggest and like most like tough he's ever looked. And then you know you have because th- they even acknowledge like Ron is newer, Butch has, is the veteran. But it's also they just gel so well as a team. Yeah, it's it's actually shocking that they weren't they didn't they weren't used longer for how often they're remembered. And that they kind of never hearkened back to do again. It's WWF, so they wouldn't be like, "Well, Ron Simmons tag team special." They wouldn't actually do that. So never mind. Um, they do you finally, think it goes back to the interchangeability of wrestling? Of well, now we have Harlem Heat. We're good. Yes, it, that's cynical, but I think that's a part of it. I think that you're probably right, and I hate that you're right. The other thing that's of course important to remember is uh, that eventually um, they start losing. They drop women, a woman as a uh, manager. She leaves to go to be in the Indies with Kevin Sullivan for a bit. And Doom uh, lose a, ma- uh, lose a uh, mask match against the Steiner Brothers at Clash of Champions 10 because it's the late, ni- the late 80s, early 90s WCW. So there's a Clash of Champions every 45 minutes. They then beat the Steiner Brothers at Capital Combat and at some point get... Um, Teddy Long is a manager when Teddy Long is so good. Teddy Long looks taller. He's wearing all purple. He's got bad sunglasses. He's giving great promos. He looks like a bag of shit. It's fucking wonderful. Yeah. Teddy at this time is amazing. And they make fun of his like awful hairline when they take <laughs> thing off his head. And yes, yeah. the only sad part about this whole thing is that it's Teddy Long still in WCW, which means that, you know, Ric Flair is calling uh, him by yeah. that word you're not supposed to use. And he has to constantly be on the lookout for J.J. Dillon to tell him when a match ends. Because how they used to tell people that time of matches is J.J. Dillon would appear in the arena and the referee had to just look for him holding a pencil. I, I imagine that when Teddy was with Doom, Flair was saying that a little less. Uh, you'd hope so. Yeah, he was saying, yeah, but he would say it louder when they weren't around. Yeah. <laughs> uh, God, Flair sucks. Um. Um, so when uh, the fall of nineteen nine, Doom soon feuded. So yes, yeah, so then uh, Doom feuds with the Four Horsemen. They're siding with Teddy Long. They have a non-title match against um, uh, Sting and Lex Luger. Um, it, they're they're just fucking great, 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 great. And then they uh, take on uh, the fabulous Freebirds. They lose due to a miscommunication, and Reed and Simmons have a big blowout. And Reed turns on Simmons and Teddy Long sides with butch reed and they are clearly trying to package them as a singles boy and i watched this match i watched the 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 doom it was like the doomsday cage or something the thunder doom they call it so there it's just a steel cage but with a different name and um 
Butch is the heel, and he it's weird because Ron Simmons is the baby face and he's wearing like the long tights and Butch is wearing the trunks. I always would see I in my head, I would see the trunks as the baby face thing and the tights as the I agree. Hogan, 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 and Austin have really solidified in my head that Babyface wears the weird underwear thong baby diaper trunks, and the bad guys would have their legs covered by material so they have places to hide weapons. You're <laughs> or they're fat and wear singlets. Yeah, yeah, fat and wear singlets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's also yeah. Good guys don't have managers. Bad guys do. Is another WWF thing that I've kind of established, even though that's not true. If you watch UCW or something like that. Yeah, and so. What's really was really amazing <laughs> at the at the angle where uh, Butch turns on Ron. Mm-hmm. You could see this on YouTube. It's so funny. There's like a sweepstakes where like uh, I guess like a kid gets the chance to like meet his favorite wrestlers or whatever. And so uh, so Doom Doom Dirty Dick Murdoch. So Doom implodes. And they go to this kid. It's like it's Dusty, Dusty, and uh, Jim Ross walk over to this kid who's like twelve and ask him who his favorite team is. And he's and like, "Who do you want to meet?" And it's Doom. But they just broke up, <laughs> and they don't know how to respond. Well, all right, there. Um, that sounds good. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, little fella. You're going to learn two disappointing things today. Your T-cell count is up, and also those boys are no longer friends. And also, Almighty. Cancer's walk, uh, kicked a mud hole in this boy's pancreas, and he's walking it dry. I don't think that, you know, there's a, a more fitting time for our, you know, prerequisite cum reference of the episode. Go on. When the Steiners go against Doom and JR just has four different college athletic backgrounds that go back and forth between. Oh my God. Yeah. The, they had to put a bucket underneath the broadcast boat booth because he was literally just hard jizzing the entire. <laughs> oh my. Good God, Almighty. There's so many college stats. I might be able to bring up Brian Bosworth. Yeah. Good God, he, Almighty. He is a pig in shit. He is so squealy happy about I the fact that they all sexual ha- like fetish and that his fetish is to talk about people doing something that they did something else at before he likes watching people do one thing but he wants to talk about during their education they did a different thing yeah and what's what's what i love is that in aew now with him as a commentator you have excalibur oh, is the- you people have done have gone to college that are in AEW. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Community college counts. But you have Excalibur, and his whole thing is like he's the nerdy guy, right? He knows all of the indie shit because he, you know, word P- I think he helped run PWG and all that. And so when he gives nerd wrestling background, Jim Ross gets so upset. You know, because he's basically like that's the modern equivalent. Like back then, it was like you know he played at Tuscaloosa for five years, and now now it's like well, you know, he was a pirate, and then he was an ant, and then he was a pirate ant, and Jim Ross would just be like, "Yeah, that's fucking nasty." It's amazing, by the way, watching Jim. Like I want to, I want there to be a camera on Jim Ross, Tony Valley, and Excalibur so much. Yes, I feel like they go to commercial and Tony and Jim have a nice chat and they just glare at Excalibur while they're doing it. Like they're just like, so what are you gonna do this weekend? Maybe have coffee with your wife. We have wives, Excalibur. Like it's just so <laughs> fucking petty. Oh, it is. It is. It like the the thing that Jim Ross pushes the most 
on Dynamite is picture in picture. Like if he liked any wrestler as much as he likes the concept of picture in picture, well, he they would be beating WWE right now. It's picture in picture much more than he understands the fact that Orange Cassidy is selling a shitload of t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> like the, you He's know just I mean? putting his hands in his pocket like yeah, some yeah, school yeah. boy. Yeah, my friend who fucks a lot, uh, whose wife fucks a lot of young men in a hot tub, does not care for him. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it's again, and also here's what I was struck by is that Doom broke up. Ah, uh, Doom broke up, and um, Butchery stayed in WCW for a while. Did you have any idea that he was there for like a he was there for like another while? Yeah, because like you look at the story and it's like Doom died so that Ron Simmons' solo career could live. But yeah, Doom died so Ron Simmons could live. And but like Reed, like he returns for a short while, sides with the Barbarian and Cactus Jack. Uh, at Clash of Champions, he leaves, heads to the Indies again, has this big feud with Junkyard Dog. This gets very sad, by the way, is basically when Butch Reed leaves a company, he finds the JYD, they have a feud in whatever company they can do it in, and for less and less people give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, and it just, like, it, I felt like it, I, I imagine it became real at some point. Like, they just actually did become angry at each other. Like, those long feuds, like the, you know, the Bill Dundee and Jerry Lawler, like, feuds that, like, last, like, 15, 20 years. It's like, hasn't someone won by now? Hasn't? I know. <laughs> the it? only one that was done that properly, and it was clearly an answer to that, is Raven, Tommy Dreamer, and ECW, in that the whole feud, at a certain point, predicated on the fact that Tommy Dreamer just couldn't pin him. And they kind of needed that angle with something else, but that never worked with any other feud, including this one, which was basically just, who's this feud really about? Who are these men really angry at? White promoters. That's who did, yeah. did 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 Tommy Dreamer and Raven ever like like have the blow off on like Sunday Night Heat when they were both there? No, they finally had the blow off on Raven's last night in ECW. Tommy Dreamer. No, I know that, but I was wondering if they even did another. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that they've done like eight different versions of it on TNA during a weird TNA ECW show. Yeah, but I haven't seen it, so I'm fine with it then. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Butch Reed basically flies around the Indies for a while longer. He appears, um, um he fights top champion. He drives. drives around the Indies. I don't think he's flying. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He's taking on point Southwest flights for a bit, but then mostly has to buy a car. Yeah. Butch Reed is Greyhound bussing around the Indies. <laughs> um, yes. He appears at the GWF in its last days of existence because they're North American champion beating Rod Price. Um, no word if Sunny Beach was in the match or not. Um, he also has a match with Chris uh, Chris Adams, but gets the last laugh because Chris Adams later murders a woman and then kills himself. And then Reed continues to be around the independent scene in Kansas City in 2000 and 2001, most notably joining Harley Race's wrestling promotion, which I have to assume is very off-putting and very weird because there's no way Harley Race is a good enough... Harley Race seems like a very nice man who would not be good at delegating other jobs to people so i also assume that he also was not doing a modern wrestling company i'm gonna say that harley race's wrestling promotion was just 
uh, a backyard barbecue where guys fought each other. Yeah, yeah, it's just Harley Race. It's just, it's just the smoking section behind his house, and you just yeah. They just pretend it's a wrestling promotion so Harley can feel alive again. Do you know that scene in Django Unchained when Leonardo DiCaprio is watching those two black gentlemen fight in the living room? That's that's what Harley Race's wrestling company was. Only minus the part where he goes get get him a tall beer. <laughs> you like Michelob? Mm, yes. Uh, <laughs> it's call so- me Calvin. That's my sister, motherfuckers. You got. You got to give Butch like um, you know loyalty points of Kansas City. That like I think he was born, raised, passed away in Kansas City do when I he have- was going to do football. It was for the Chiefs, like. Do I have to give him credit for? I have a weird. I it's that weird thing of I've lived so f- much of my life not in my hometown. I have a weird disrespect for people that have grown up and stayed in their hometowns. But it may also be jealousy of like how nice would that be to have such deep roots in a community? You know what I mean? Like it's that I don't know which one. I don't know which one I feel. Yeah, I've never had that. Yeah, I don't feel like there's a lot of roots for a, uh, a a Jewish nerd in Central Florida. Like, I just feel like, <laughs> feel like those roots were torn up by a guy named Scooby, and then he shit on them, and then played a Limp Biscuit song. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, it was one of the ones where uh, Wes Borland is a squirrel in the video. So oh, I, I mean, okay that, with it. that's a good one. I gotta tell you, where he's got just black contacts. Here's what I like about Wes Borland. Left the band for a bit, went and did a bunch of art albums, and then was like, alright, I'm back to making money. And they were like, cool. Yeah. Um, he retired in 2002 uh, and then came back in 2005 because God damn it. Uh, and then just keep sort of circling around the Indies until 2013 when he teamed with Bob Orton Jr. against Flash Flanagan and Ron Powers at the SICW in East Carolandad, Illinois. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Butch Reed, what the fuck are you doing, you sad man? Yeah, even though he uh, passed away recently, he's been dead for a good while. Yeah, he's been dead on the inside since he left the WWF and had to go have a fucking feud with the JYD in a fucking bingo hall. (laughs) God damn it, John. Uh, In 2016, he was part of that class action lawsuit about CTE and wrestling, which they lost. Um it was all orchestrated by that guy, Constantine Cryos, who constantly tries to sue the WWE for some reason. Like it's the odd thing of like, he's so annoying that I, um, I'm actually on the WWE side against this lawyer, but not the wrestlers. The wrestlers are clearly in trouble. Yeah. You gotta be shitty to lose to Jerry McDivitt. Like, I mean, I mean, not, that's not true. Jerry McDivitt has literally his one is, as it turns out, is one of the best lawyers ever. They've lost a lot too, though, man. They've lost a yeah, lot. but they've also won his lot too. Like you know, some of you're not beating Martha Hart. Martha Hart's case was iron fucking clad. Well, if it was iron clad, then it would have been stronger. There been I no think case it was more. What case? What case did Jeremy Divot lose that he had any chance of winning? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, the pandas. He could have beat the pandas. Come on. I mean, I feel like that that was up. That was Vince's fault. That was Vince not reading a contract. Let's be totally honest with each other. That had no, Jerry McDivitt went. Wait, what did you do? And he went. Ah, I didn't want to know. Also, watch any 
Butch Reed interview, and you will know that concussions are real. Oh my God! His last one with Hannibal, I watched a fair amount of that. It's really uncomfortable. Yeah, he has his eyes are way too wide, like just he, like. Yeah, he's just not well, and it, I'm not like yeah, like there have been many times where I am making fun of these guys, but this is not one of them. It was sad. It was just like because like Hannibal like also talks like that. So then it's just two guys going. Yeah, it's like watching two people just look at each other in the mirror. Just one side of the mirror is much older, much further down, much more, much more like the portrait of Dorian Gray and not the person. Yeah, like there's there's one that I watched where like Butch is like leaving a convention, and he just wants to get home, and he's like really tired and exhausted. He's about like to, think to catch the plane. And Hannibal's like, oh, we forgot to ask a Patreon question. Oh, Hannibal, fuck off. <laughs> and he's like, thank you for your time. And it's like the amount of time it takes him to say thank you for your time takes up so much more time. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's a sad situation. It's also it's not like I, you'd hope Ron Simmons lending him a couple of bucks, bucks but I don't think that that's happening. Yeah, I mean, and, and and look at that, like, you know, in, in terms of the WWE rewriting history where you had this amazing team. They're the first official WCW tag team, I believe. When they did the rebranding, they oh, really? were. Yeah, I believe so. And, you know, they held the belt, I want to say like 280-something days. I think I looked it up last night, 289. You know, They're- that's a long time. They're, and they're such a unique, different, very much a tag team model that, like, fuck me, AEW would be jizzing their pants if they could have Doom right now. You know what I mean? And and but but I'm saying like retroactively now, like Doom, you know, isn't talked about, which is not in the Hall of Fame and never and will be in the Hall of Fame, unfortunately, because they'll put because the, of the constant, yeah the the concussion thing, yeah, and they'll put the APA in the in the Hall of Fame before they'll ever put. Doom in and Doom should go in, as should Teddy Long. By the way, Te- oh no, Teddy Long is in the Hall of Fame now. Yeah, yeah. Holla, yeah and, holla, holla. And, and not only that, but like, just the fact that like even Ron Simmons, who is a legend in his own right, is just been reduced to one word. <laughs> his entire career is one word that he wears on Bradshaw. his T-shirt. Um, <laughs> Bradshaw. What's also crazy is that damn thing was so annoying and not that was not the impactful, important part of his career. Like for me, it was you heard about Ron Simmons being in WCW, then he shows up as Farouk, and then the APA was exceptional. Uh, but yeah, no one gave a shit about damn. Like, no, fuck off. It's just an easy thing that he can do. It's just uh who are the five legends that aren't currently suing us and aren't dead? Yeah, oh. who are the five legends? Classic uh, wrestler review. Yawn there. Who's the, one of the five legends that isn't working for AEW and also like Vince can stand right now? Okay, well, Ron Simmons is one of them. Yeah. We're not talking about Ron Simmons. We're talking about Butch Reed, Michael Lawrence, Michael Emmanuel Lawrence of Tallahassee, Florida. I think I got some of those facts wrong. You got all those facts wrong. Very good. Uh, what is the worst thing about Butch Reed? I think the worst thing about Butch Reed is um, that he never got that truly standout, memorable uh, moment in WWF that that would make him as iconic as he should be. I mean, that's a great point. You're 100% wrong. The worst thing about him 
is uh, the fact that his nickname was The Natural and he had blonde hair and that as a wrestler, that's the gimmick they went with when they had this charismatic, amazing, charming wrestler. And they're like, the joke is is that you're blonde, but you're not actually blonde because you're black. Yeah, I mean, at least he wasn't a rooster. I mean, give it, you could have given him time. I just yeah. and, and for me, the best thing of Butch Reed is Doom. Doom was such a surprise, fun treat in the research for this episode. Please, everyone, if you have the WWE Network, go watch their matches. They're the only, the only NWA matches or WCW matches. There's no rest holds in any of them. It's literally just two guys. Beat, especially them and the Steiners. It's the best feud I've ever seen. The Steiners have never looked better. It's so fucking good. Check it out. Yeah, I'm gonna agree, and I'm gonna say. Uh... Their squash matches are amazing. <laughs> amazing. Because it makes total... They would fucking wreck these motherfuckers, and they fucking yeah. do. This this was that era of, like, the squash matches where your stars would just fucking annihilate people. And so then when you saw the stars against the stars, you really had no idea who was going to win. Yeah, and especially when it's the stars or the Steiners versus Doom. So it's two teams that basically the squash match is, let's break these movers' collarbones, and then they try and do that to each other. The matches are... Molto bene. Yeah, uh, I highly recommend Doom. Yeah, wonderful stuff. Wonderful stuff for a wonderful man. Now, Mike Lawrence, uh, your time here at the program has ended. Dylan Gott returns next week to this very program. How how have you felt as your time here? These many weeks we've been recording the wrestle review. It's been many weeks. Uh, it's many many long weeks uh you know you're not covered in cum you're covered in cum i'm covered in cum uh did you be covered in cum for the, the recording? I, I wasn't covered in cum until uh president harris's inauguration speech um that definitely you know and that was even one of the biggest things that happened in the last few weeks but i would say uh this has been a, a wonderful time I am uh, I'm really appreciating that it took me way too long to imply that Joe Biden has died in the time that you've we've released these episodes. Yeah. And now all I want is that to be true and then be like, holy shit. Mike, you know, I, I am a fan of this show. I, I listened to you guys. Then I became your friend, John, and I never listened again because that was enough for me. Yeah, but exactly. Is- yeah, you. You you li- you live the wrestler of you. You don't need it because we you we will occasionally. For those of you who don't know this, Mike and I, to pass the COVID pandemic uh, time, uh, a lot of times we'll get on. My injury has made it harder because I just fall asleep at weird times now. But in the evenings, we just watch wrestling together on Zoom. It's wonderful. We watch all the King of the Rings. I'd like to do a Yoko retrospective next, but that's not yeah. a podcast because, for God's sakes, I need to not record something in my life. Yeah. It's nice to just watch wrestling. We did not do that this week. No, um, we did not. We did actual research for this very, these very, this very program. But I want to do that Yoko retrospective. Retrospective. So we'll be doing our own personal Yoko Zuno retrospective that none of you were invited for. But if you want more Mike Lawrence, you can check Mike Lawrence out at uh, at Mike Lawrence Comedy uh, on my Instagram. Uh, MikeLawrenceComedy.com is my website, and Wrestle Roast is the wrestling show that I co-host with Dan St. Germain, Scott Chaplin, and Robert Karpolis. We roast wrestlers. Uh, I Should I read you a couple of roast jokes? Yeah, that's great. I wish we'd thought about that for the other episodes. What a fun way to end your time. Yeah. As, um, as typical for this program, we finally got it right once it's over. Uh, so yesterday we did the roast of Baron Corbin. 
Oh my! All right, go ahead. Well, this is actually a few weeks ago now because I yeah I forgot we're many this, weeks in the yeah, future. Yeah, this is many weeks from our our R.I.P. Joe Ooh. Biden. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> R.I.P. Trump. I pre America. Uh, so I'll read a few. Uh, these are all in the pod. If you like this kind of stuff, we're we're gonna be doing more. We I was just told uh, we're gonna be roasting Bret Hart soon. Which oh my god. <gasps> But uh, here we I go. I will be listening with bated breath. And if you guys imply that he's an intergalactic time traveler with the ability of uh, Eversight, that is a ripoff of this episode and our Bret Hart Jags. We will not do that. Yeah. Uh, we would never take jokes from you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's fitting his name is Baron because he's unable to produce in the ring. <laughs> Baron answers the question, what would Triple H's career be like if he never fucked Stephanie? <laughs> I've oh, never seen a re- sorry we're gone. That second one's good because if that gets back to it, it's going to hurt everyone involved's feelings. That's the hope. Uh, just based on his look, you'd think he was the wrestler that survived leukemia. Oh, that's fun because it also was a cancer joke, and also it's hurtful to Roman Reigns. <laughs> the big difference between Baron Corbin and Baron Trump is that I respect Baron Trump fans. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I've never seen a wrestler this desperate for cheap heat since Virgil slept next to a radiator. Oh, my God. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Lawrence, go to the Wrestler Roast. Check out. Those are great. That sounds like a fun program. Yeah. Still still listen to this program, but also listen to that program. You listen to two wrestling podcasts. Come on. You're wrestling fans. Uh, My name is John Hastings. I'm available on Twitch, John Hastings Comedy on Twitch, or on the other things with that, John Hastings on all social media. Mike Lawrence, once again, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much uh, for uh, helping us out while Dylan Gott is... um, uh, Learning to be a new father. We can reveal now. Dylan Gott is off um, learning to be an noon papa currently. Congratulations, Dylan. And this was fun to do. Congratulations. I'm ending on sincerity. It's very nice that Mike Lawrence is ending on sincerity. I will do the most sincere thing possible and say it's time for the show to end. Be well. Speak to you soon. Ouch. Goodbye.